which I can't do without this. Okay, today's reading is from Luke chapter 5. And just a moment, things have to happen here first. Okay, Luke chapter 5, starting at verse 17. Okay, are we all ready? It's up here. Okay, so one day, Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with them. I'm sorry. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him in, lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who, can, who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, Get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. How important is it that we have a king who forgives? If you um, are part of this church, if you uh, call yourself a Christian, if you are someone who understands the essence of what we are meant to be about at all, it is so intuitive to you how important that statement is, that we have a king who forgives. It strikes me as necessary, to me even bothering to be part of any of this. The amount of times I have woken up at the start of a day with no intention to cause harm and have caused harm anyway. Pastor or not, I, I, don't, I don't think any of us are taking our place in this community if we don't have a king who forgives. We don't have a king who has the authority to forgive. I want to start with the first few verses, if you can read along with me. Um, he said as he clicked the thing, I might... There we go. <laughs> oh, that's a bit small. If, if, you, um, if you've got a Bible in front of you, otherwise you can listen along. It was just read anyway. One day Jesus was teaching and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting there. 
They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. First of all, a side note, um, just a bit of almost like a side application, if you like. A sign our faith is low is when we turn to whatever else instead of Jesus. So if we are low, instead of turning Jesus, we turn to whatever self-medicating option you have, whether it's watching the Panthers or drinking or um, just scrolling on your phone, death scrolling, (laughs) whatever you do. You know, like basically... Lewis said, that's me, baby. Um, That's great. Um, Our sign, our faith is low, is when we turn to everything, but we don't point ourselves to Jesus. We don't go there quickly. We actually start behaving like it is more effective for me to sit and worry than pray. It actually achieves more, we think, if we start running around and stressing than pray. But we know our faith is low in Jesus when we are not pointing ourselves to Jesus. It stands to reason then that another sign our faith is low is when we stop pointing each other to Jesus. People come to us and we don't think the best place for them to go is Jesus. We start start going, oh yeah, that must be tough. But our sign our faith is low is that we stop pointing ourselves and each other to Jesus. And what I love about these guys is they've got a mate who needs healing and these guys have full faith that the best place they can take their mate is Jesus. And they will strive to do whatever they can to get him there. So I just, as a little starting point, a little side application, it's just a great reminder to have the conviction that when your friends and yourself are going through whatever, and whether you're struggling with pride or fear or self-confidence or worthiness or whatever it is you're going through, to have that conviction that the best place for me and anyone who comes to me with these things to go is Jesus. His peace, his forgiveness, his rest is what they need, is what I need. Now, these friends, they've brought this mate to Jesus They've worked really hard to get him there. And we might think they might have been a little bit disappointed with Jesus' initial words. Let's reread verse 20. He says, so they're probably thinking, oh, now the most obvious thing for the crowd to think is, here is a man who needs help with his paralysis. These guys have brought this mate all this way in front of Jesus to heal his paralysis. Jesus goes to say something. Clearly what he's going to say is, Look, I heal you. You can stand up and walk now. And Jesus says, friend, your sins are forgiven. It would seem this was an unexpected response. That Jesus would address the fact that he was paralyzed would be the most obvious thing. That's why they bought him, it would seem. But when he did this, in that religious context, in that time, He was stirring the pot big time. He was making this really bold claim. Because did you notice, this man in front of them didn't ask God to forgive this man's sins. Which is what you would think a man would do if he was interested in that. He declared with his own authority his sins were forgiven. 
the substance of this claim is picked up in verse 21. I, I might just need, I don't know, I think this is working. <laughs> Thank you. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And they are spot on. They are right. There's nothing wrong with what they're saying here. Only God can forgive sins. And this is blasphemy if this man is not God. They're 100% correct. And if the scene ended here, perhaps these Pharisees would have recourse to start a riot against Jesus, crucify him then and there. The stakes are so high here. You do not just go around Jewish religious people and say in hearing of others, your sins are forgiven to people unless you want some serious trouble. The stakes are so high here. Jesus has created a very tense scene. So Jesus moves in this high-stakes situation to certify his claim. He moves to certify his claim to forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking, which must always be a bit annoying to those people. Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Now, obviously, it's not measurably easier to forgive someone's sins or heal them. You need divine authority to do both. But in a sense, it is easier to say your sins are forgiven. Because how can you prove or disprove that it happened? What are you, there's no sign, right? Certainly in the immediate sense, there's far more stakes to say to a paralyzed man, get up and walk, because it either happens or it doesn't. You're either justified in your claim to heal or you're not. But Jesus lays it all on the line. He raises the stakes so high. He says to the whole audience, I will demonstrate to you I have authority to forgive this man's sins because I'm going to tell him to walk. And this is a tense moment because if this man stays seated, if this man doesn't get up and walk, then Jesus has framed himself as a blasphemer. It's a very tense moment. Imagine the tension in the audience. They, they, these guys that are following around Jesus, if this man gets up, I don't even know where my head's at because this man before me has the authority to forgive sins. But if this man doesn't get up, this man I've been following around is probably just another fraud. It's a huge moment. It's a huge moment. And we read in verse 25 and 26, immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. I don't know if the religious leaders did, I'm not sure. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. It would have blown their minds. They would have been, they, they, like it would have been, does not compute. What does this mean that this man can forgive my sins and has the authority to do it? This is crazy. Can this man truly be God? 
But of course, as we said at the start, it means everything to us that Jesus has the authority to forgive sins. It means everything to us. It means that Jesus can cross the distance, the distance that we created when we turned from God. We turned away from God. You know, I like this analogy. And God's over there. And because Jesus offers forgiveness, we have a king who comes all the way up to us so that we just need to turn and receive his love because he forgives. That's why we can have a relationship with God. And we know that if we just turn and receive the king from that foundation of forgiveness, he says, look, if you yoke yourself to me, I'm going to teach you, I'm going to give you rest, I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit. If God doesn't come all the way, if God doesn't offer forgiveness, friends, we are not with God. We are here claiming to have this collective relationship with God because we have a king who forgives. That's the only reason we are here. It is so precious to us. It is everything to us that Jesus has the authority to forgive sins. And if that doesn't make sense to you, we we need to talk. We need to talk. This new covenant relationship we are invited into Christ is described in Hebrews. And I want you to just lap this up. This is such a beautiful scripture quoting the Old Testament. This is the covenant that I will establish with the people of Israel. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10 to 12. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest. Why will God know us? Read that last verse with me. Why will we be close to God? For I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. I, says God, will be intimately close to them even though they turn from me and I will be special, specially close to them in spirit and I will write my law in their hearts and we're going to have this wonderful intimate relationship. Why? Because I will forgive. Because I will forgive. And I love that verse because sometimes when we're a bit feeling unworthy, we qualify God's forgiveness to mean less than what it is. Because God doesn't, when we say, when God says, I forgive you, he doesn't go, well, Tim, look, all right, I'll accept you. If I have to, I still remember everything you did though, buddy. You know, that's not what he says. I will forgive your wickedness and remember your sins no more. Without that foundation, friends, we're screwed. And the reason we can come here and freely worship and freely sing is because we have a God who said, I will bring you close to me because I will forgive. The truth is, this is everything. This is why Christian community should be amazing. Because Community should be amazing when everyone's foundation is this. Everyone's foundation is a king who says, I forgive, come close. I forgive, come close. We should be the most welcoming, gracious, united, generous community, right? And that's why it hurts and that's why it sucks when we aren't. 
Because it's a love this good at the base of everything we believe that when we fail to live up to it, it hurts so much because it's such a beautiful love from our King that we just want to be true to, that we just want to replicate. You need this message, don't you? I need it so desperately. If you're struggling with unworthiness, you need to remind yourself that you have a king that brought you close and forgave you. And that's your starting point here. What's good is when we, when we fail to be that community based on God's grace, what's great is because we have a forgiving king, we just get to get up and try again. We're never disqualified because we have a God who has brought us close and given us his forgiveness. And what I want to say today is that if you are here and you, would, and, you, and you are a Christian, you have been following Christ, but you know in your heart you need to reset, you need to refocus on the forgiveness of God and live from it once again. And, and experience the freedom of it once again, then I certainly will be praying for you tonight that you can have a fresh revelation that you have a king who forgives and has the authority to forgive you. But I also want to be conscious that perhaps when I describe that image of us being turned away from God, rejecting relationship with him, even though he offers to forgive, even though he dies on the cross and comes all the way, maybe when I describe that picture, I'm describing you. Maybe you go, actually, that's me. I'm still here. I don't know if I want to be in relationship with God. And can I just ask that if you are here and that is you, it is the best thing in the world to turn from trying to be your own God, from trying to live in rebellion of the God who created you and loves you, to turn and receive him. Why wouldn't you receive the God who came all the way to you to offer you forgiveness and new life? If you would like to do that, I would always be willing to pray with you and to embrace Christ's love for the first time for you. Obviously, after the service, whenever you'd like to pray, I'll never say no. That would be weird for the pastor to do. Um, I'll always be willing to pray with you, as are the other pastors, as are a lot of your friends, if you feel convicted. Friends, this is everything. This is everything. We will fall apart in a moment if this is not true. And this is just intuitive, right? Because... Like, there is no such thing... So you've got Ash and Tay here. All right. Like, they're lovely. They love each other. They do. And um, Tay's pregnant, though, so she might be a little more... I don't know. Is she forgiving at the moment? I don't know. I don't know. All right. Um, but if there was no forgiveness in your relationship, how long do you reckon you'd last? It might be weeks, guys. Like, maybe days. Like, Like... Relationship doesn't work. The whole reason we're in relationship with God is we have a God who forgives. We have a God who forgives. Won't you pray with me? We have the best king. We have the best Lord. A Lord who says, I will forgive you so that you can be with me. I will forgive you so that I can lead you back to who you were meant to be. And, you, and that forgiveness is for you today, tomorrow and into eternity for all who turn, for all who come.
May, it, may everyone in this room not be so foolish as to reject that. May we all receive the forgiving love of the King. And if we are someone who has been following Jesus for a long time, I just pray for a fresh revelation of this truth, that at the heart of who we are, at our starting place as a community, as our starting place with our relationship with God, we have a king who says, I will forgive them their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. Lord, may we live from that. May we treat each other um, on that foundation. Call us to that standard of love for each other as we enjoy that love from you. And God's people said, Amen.